Uh, in this hour, uh, Davi Ruot, Chief Economist at Efficient Group, joins me. And we are going to be talking about uh, what we can expect from Minister Kotongwane's uh, speech come Wednesday uh, as he gives meat, I suppose, uh, from a financial point of view to the President's State of the Nation address. Uh, what can Tin Swalo expect from the Minister of um, of Finance? And Davi Ruot joins me now. Chief Economist at Efficient Group. Davi, thank you so much for joining us. Great to talk to you once again. Are you well? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much. Good evening to you. So, Tinswalo was uh, the on everybody's tongue, uh, particularly the President, last week as he gave us his uh, his uh, State of the Nation address. Minister Kodongwane is charged now with the responsibility of uh, putting some meat onto that skeleton of the State of the Nation address. What can we expect, uh, uh, Davi? Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a very long question. So let's just, I think a very good starting point perhaps will be to just to sort of sketch the, the environment or the context in which, yeah. where we find ourselves at the moment. All right, let's, let me just explain what the budget is about. The budget is about, uh, we economists call, uh, we, we call it central government. It's a budget about central government. It's about tax revenue, like for example, personal income taxes company taxes, value-added taxes, and a couple of other taxes. So that's the revenue for the Minister of Finance. And this money will be spent on things like, for example, the most important one is education, certain health services, certain transfers to the various grants, and, of course, interest on state debt and all of that. And a lot of money will be borrowed because there's not enough money uh, in by way of tax receipts by the Minister of Finance. And then, of course, all this money, if you borrow a lot of money, that will end up in the form of debt. So that is the national account. We, we call it the fiscal accounts of the Minister of Finance. That's his responsibility. So that's part of it. And I can tell you the fiscal accounts deteriorated quite significantly, especially the last, the last couple of years. The Minister of Finance uh, has been borrowing far too much money. The debt levels have increased to levels that's become totally unsustainable. And it keeps on increasing and the day will come when we're going to get into very deep uh, trouble financially. So so, let, let, let me just stop you there quickly, yeah. uh, Davi. As, as you speak, I, I want to see if I'm on the same page yeah. with you. You're saying to me that our government has been borrowing more and more money as the tax base reduces more and more, right? Uh, uh, what are the factors that are contributing to the reduction of the tax base? The most important reason is simply that the economy is not growing. Minister of Finance shares in economic growth. So if my business does well because the economy is growing, then I pay more taxes and Minister of Finance benefits from that as well. So that's the most important reason. There are a couple of other reasons, like, for example, many taxpayers are just immigrating, especially the high-income earners, uh, people with special skills and so on. They're just leaving the country. But the single most important reason is just because the economy is just not growing. And so that has resulted in a reality where our government is borrowing more and more money from whom? From where? Yeah, but before I get to that, yep. let me just explain something else. Yep. So, I've, I've, so I've talked about the central government, and that is what the budget is about. It's about the Minister of Finance and the various taxes I've just mentioned and a couple of expense items. There are some other levels of government as well that are very important, but usually these other levels of government are excluded when you talk about the national government or right. the central government. Okay. Now, these other levels of government are typically, for example, the local authorities, the municipalities, 
and the state-owned enterprises. Now, they are usually excluded from these numbers because they are supposed to stand on their own feet financially. But what has happened in recent years is that the municipalities and the state-owned enterprises, we know about ESCOM and Transnet and the post office and all of that, they've basically collapsed financially and operationally. So the Minister of Finance, has, uh, he's, he's, he's responsible for those of, of, of government as well. In a way, today, on previous years, you can't just look at central government. You actually have to look at what's been happening on the, the local authorities, the municipality levels and the state of enterprises as well, and put all of those numbers together. That's the correct way of looking at it. You can't separate those anymore because the state-owned enterprises do not stand on their own two feet anymore. And the same goes for most of the local authorities. They need a lot of assistance from the Minister of Finance. And if you look at it from that perspective, then the fiscal accounts are in even deeper trouble. Now, I can give you all the numbers and so on if you want to. But, okay, let me get to your question. Yes. And that is the, the question is, though, who, who is funding the fiscal deficit? So who is lending money to the Minister of Finance? And basically, there are five funders to the Minister of Finance. One is pension funds. So pension funds buy a lot of this government debt. So if you, are, if you have a pension fund, chances are that your pension fund invests some of its money in government debt. And they get a very good return. In some instances, up to 12 13%, which is not bad. Uh, that's one uh, funder of the Minister of Finance. The other one are the insurers. Insurers in South Africa... They have to keep a lot of money in the reserve, and they put the money somewhere. And usually, they put a lot of money in uh, at the at the minister by buying debt of the minister of finance. Another one is the savings industry. Like for example, if you buy a trust, I want to invest in an interest-bearing unit trust. As an example, uh, chances are that a large chunk of my investment will end up buying debt of the minister of finance. And then here are two very important ones. Another one are the banks. The banks in South Africa buy a lot of government debt instruments, uh, and they keep that on their balance sheets as well. And in recent years, they've been increasing their debt holding or their, their, their holding of government debt instruments. And so much so that a South African Reserve Bank is getting a little bit concerned about that. And then the last major funder of the Minister of Finance are foreigners, especially the Europeans and Americans, they fund a lot of this debt of the Minister of Finance. And in the recent years, they've been selling a lot of their debt, and the banks have been major buyers. So uh, I did think that they are buying a lot of this debt or funding the fiscal deficit of the Minister of Finance. I just want to be very clear that the banks of South Africa are very capitalized and very well looked after. The banks are very healthy. But Reserve Bank being a little bit concerned, and the Reserve Bank recently... Uh, comment that they are getting concerned about the banks funding too much of government debt. Now, this is a very a very important political angle because foreigners, especially Europeans and Americans, are selling a lot of government debt instruments, so they stopped funding the fiscus or the state in South Africa because of political considerations, and that has to do with things like, for example, opposition regarding uh, the Middle East or Russia and things like that. So they've been selling They've been selling this debt, and the South African banks have been buying this debt. Uh, and and the, day, the day is going to come, I, I promise you this, if we continue on this, the day will come when the private sector, that which will include the savings industry and the, the banks and the, uh, all of those, 
when they're going to say, listen, I don't want to fund the state anymore because they owe too much money and I'm not sure I'm going to get my money back. That's all is where we're heading for. The state is borrowing it. Yeah, you want to interrupt. Yep. Yep. You, you, you point to a very, very concerning thing. First of all, I'm interested in the nature of the Reserve Bank's concern uh, with regards to the debt that the banks, both domestic and foreign, own. Uh, what does that mean in terms, in real terms? Does that mean that literally these organizations own the financial reality of our government? The point I want to make is that we have to be very careful uh, who we play with. If we play war games with the Russians, the Americans are going to get angry at us and they're going to sell our debt and somebody must buy the debt. That's the point I want to make. I want to, I want to emphasize the political angle here. So imagine the, foreign, the Americans decide they want to change legislation and South Africa is not eligible on the Algoa agreement, as an example. Yeah. Uh, or the Europeans decide that they're gonna, not going to buy our debt anymore. They're going to sell all of our debt. Then suddenly there's all this government debt available and somebody must buy it. And that can, that can potentially lead to a serious financial crisis in South Africa. I just want to emphasize the point. So I'm thinking now about the issues that uh, that arose around the lady gray uh lady yeah. r ship uh the utterances of the american uh um uh ambassador yeah. which are in my mind not yet properly resolved because we know that he apologized but he apologized for how he spoke rather than what he said and so that yeah. issue remains still uh, outstanding we're seeing now that in america there there are legislatures that are now calling for the yeah. um, the review of Washington and Pretoria's relationship uh, following the, the the issue of Gaza and so forth. And I suppose South Africa has every right to have any stance that it holds geopolitically. But you're saying that our stance geopolitically may have certain ramifications at a fiscal level, at a financial level for the country. Uh, to what tune, uh, Davi? Uh, and I'm still interested in your answer around the the nature of the Reserve Bank's concern in as far as the debt owned by banks, both domestic and, uh, and foreign? There are two issues here. The first one is that the fiscal accounts are deteriorating. And again, I can give you all the numbers. So we are in deep trouble if you simply look at it from a financial point of view. Secondly, uh, because you are borrowing so much money, you are dependent on certain institutions or countries or people lending you money. And those people are typically, in the case of South Africa, America, when you talk about foreigners, Americans and Europeans. So that is the political reality. So I understand South Africa's political positioning, where we want to be and who we want to support and whatever we want to do. But we have to understand, if we position ourselves politically for or against somebody, then there could be financial implications and economic implications. And that's what we're heading for. That's the reality I want to point out. And is that the same concern that the Reserve Bank is registering? Of course, the Reserve Bank is not speaking politics. The Reserve Bank is simply making the, the point that the banks are picking up more and more debt of the government. And if this continues, then the banks will, on their balance sheet, will have too much debt of the government or of the state on its balance sheet, which is not healthy. And that's simply what the Reserve Bank is pointing out. And that's the responsibility of the Reserve Bank. And again, I just want to emphasize the banks in South Africa are very well capitalized. 
and there's nothing wrong with the banks in South Africa, but this cannot continue. That's the point I want to make. So, so, so we need to understand that our country, at some point, if we don't manage our debt effectively, can end up being a corporate run, uh, even though maybe by by puppet tentacles by banks is that what you're saying to me that we need to be careful of that not necessarily the banks it can be anybody but let me sketch a possible scenario say for example the americans decide to sanction south africa to implement all sort of sanctions against south africa and force their investors to start selling some debt some government debt in south africa then there's all of a sudden this increase in supply of government debt so who's going to pick that up the result of that will be that either the banks will pick it up, but at, an, an, at a, a reduced price, or put differently, at an increased yield or high interest rates. So the banks might might buy it, or the pensions funds, local pension funds might buy it, or the savings industry in South Africa might buy it. But they're going to they're going to ask a price for that. So interest rates are likely to go up. The rand is likely to weaken. Uh, inflation is likely to go up. And depending with the government of the Reserve Bank, if it is less than Yahoo, short are likely to go up as well. So that, you understand what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, so, yeah. If you, so, so this is the kind of scenario that we're heading for if we do not do two things. The one is, first, uh, fix the fiscal accounts, which inevitably means that we have to spend less money, and politicians don't like to do that before an election. That's the first one. And secondly, be very careful to make people that lend you money don't make them angry. That's the basic thing. That's the bottom line. Hmm. All right. Let's talk about how all of this is going to be received in practical terms by South Africa's economy. Okay. Uh, and, and what power really does the man in the street have in order to stem the tide of this constant uh, hemorrhaging of money that may make us have to make decisions that might not be good for our economy going forward. Okay, so the budget, uh, I, I try to explain that the budget is about, I think the budget um, is, is basically the heart of a democracy. Because I, 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 when you look at the, listen to the various political parties, they're going to tell you they're going to do A, B, and C. They're going to spend so much on this and that. They're going to do this and that. They're going to fund it by doing A, B, and C. And they're doing that now. In fact, the DI just, I think, today announced what their, man, what their manifesto is and so on. And the EFF did that, what, a week or so ago. So that's what political parties are going to do. And the budget is about politics in there. Now, the Minister of Finance is going to tell us he's going to increase taxes or reduce taxes, and he's going to spend on this and that, and he's going to borrow so much money, and that's going to be the net result. And remember, all of these sort of things will have an impact on the economy. If the Minister of Finance increases value-added tax, for example, people will spend money on stuff because it's more expensive to fix, for example. If the Minister of Finance increases taxes on companies, then the companies will increase less in South Africa because they won't be able to make as much money as they used to be. So taxes, or the various taxes, will have an impact on the economy. Then the Minister of Finance will decide to spend so much money on education or in infrastructure, whatever the case may be, and that will impact on the economy as well. But uh, overall, what is, what is important now is that I've already mentioned that fiscal accounts are in very deep trouble, but on top of that, we'll have an election around the corner. And politicians do not like to make very difficult decisions before an election. So it's very unlikely that the Minister of Finance will make significant changes to taxes, especially 
very politically sensitive taxes, like value-added taxes. So I don't think there will be major tax changes. The same goes for expenditure. It's unlikely that ministers of finance will cut back on state spending before an election. They might try to do it after an election, but not before that. And uh, so I don't think the Minister of Finance will make significant changes or reductions in spending. In fact, there could be increases in spending. The, the, the president, in fact, um, uh, mentioned the, the introduction or the continuation of the so-called grant. I think there could be something like a basic income grant or something to that tune in the, in the speech of the Minister of Finance. Also, the president mentioned the national health insurance. So there could be something in a budget about national health insurance as well. That means inevitably that since taxes will not be increased significantly, spending will not be cut back significantly, then the borrowing will keep on going up and you'll probably will increase in the current financial year, which will actually bring us closer to that financial crisis that I've been talking about earlier. So that is more or less what the budget is going to look like. Of course, there will be a couple of other issues, like, for example, this... um, there's gold in foreign exchange contingency reserve account at the South African Reserve Bank. It sounds quite <laughs> quite a mouthful. But uh, it's possible that the Minister of Finance can take some money from the Reserve Bank. We could talk about that if you want to. Uh, it is possible that the Minister of Finance can make some announcements as far as the state-owned enterprises are concerned. The state-owned enterprises, as we know, are horribly run. They, owe, they, they, they need a lot of money. I'm talking about big bucks here. Transnet probably going to get about $50 billion, I would guess. We already know that uh, that uh, estimates will get about 30, 40 billion or so every month or so or every year or so. So, so the state-owned enterprises are in very deep trouble. The local authorities owe about 75 billion rand to Eskom only. So maybe the local authorities will get some money as well. So uh, we are gradually getting to the end of the line. We can't keep on going on like we've been going on the past 15 years because we've run out of money. That's the bottom line. And we're going to get into trouble if we keep on spending like this. Someone calling themselves someone on our <laughs> on our WhatsApp line says, banks are shady. What's the benefit of them buying South African debt? But uh, Lucky from Pretoria East says, Davi speaks more like a politician rather than an economist. Uh, banks don't buy or invest money in government bonds as an act of charity. They do so because they see benefit. I think those two questions are yeah. interlinked. If you can help us out with those, Davi. Well, the first one, me speaking politics, because the subject uh, called economics used to be called political economy, because politics and economics is pretty much the same thing. Well, the Minister of Finance, fiscal policy in South Africa, or the fiscus, is by far the biggest single role player in the South African economy. It is more than, if you only look at central government, that's more than a third of the South African If you think state on enterprises and local authorities, we're talking about about 50% of the South African economy. So, yes, I'm speaking about politics. I'm talking about politics because that is what the economy is about. The second question uh, about um, banks lending money to the state, they do lend money to the state, but they make a lot of money out of lending money to the state. Currently, the yields on the longer-term government bonds is 12 13%. So if you are a bank and you lend money to the state, you can get a very nice return of about 12 13% which is a really good return. And on top of that, so you can buy these government debt instruments or these government bonds, and you can sell it to the South African Reserve Bank at the repo rate, and you can lend this money out to you, as an example. So banks are not fit for charity. They make money out of it. You and I, the taxpayer, eventually pay for that 
Because somebody needed the interest on all that government debt that the, the Minister of Finance has been issuing. I suppose the kind of warnings that you're giving around the fact that we are in, we are coming very close to the end of the line here in the way that we use money as a government, in the way that we borrow money as a government, uh, can be a little disconcerting and, and very, very scary to hear. When do you think we reach this line if we continue along the same trajectory we are on? Uh, okay. And what can we do and uh, do we have the appetite to change the behaviors that we've been ha- behaving as far as spending is concerned and borrowing is concerned? Okay, let me give you some numbers. Uh, the fiscal debt to GDP, only central government, is currently about 75% of GDP. The debt of the state-owned enterprises is approximately 12% of GDP. And the state basically uh, is responsible for that, but guarantees that mostly as well. That means that we have uh, actual debt to GDP in the region of about 87, 80, well, a little bit more uh, to, uh, to, uh, relative to GDP. And to that, you can add a couple of other um, uh, liabilities as well, like, for example, the local authorities perhaps or the, uh, the uh, uh, there are a couple of other institutions that the debt that you can be added to that as well. The problem is that this debt is going up at the rate of about 3 4% relative to GDP annually. So when is the private sector going to say, listen, enough is enough, I'm not going to lend you money anymore? And the answer is I don't, I just don't know. Because sometimes, for example, the Americans, their debt to GDP is in excess of 100% of GDP. But their interest component is about 3 4%. Ours is about 12 13% that we pay for debt. And the reason for that is because confidence in the American government is completely different than the confidence in the South African government. And there are various reasons for that. But the, U, the U.S. economy is just bigger, and they've got the U.S. dollar and that sort of stuff. So the day, the day will come when the private sector is going to say, listen, I will lend you money, but I don't, I'm not going to ask you 12 or 13%. I want 15% or 20% or 30% or whatever the case might be. And if the state then will, will be forced to pay a high interest if they want to borrow money, it inevitably means that we will have to spend less on something else. When that day is going to, when when that day is going to, I don't know when that is going to happen, but I can tell you that day is not far off. It's probably going to happen in the next year or two, three. Taki the tutor says, evening, Aubrey, your guest is spot on. Our economy is forecast to grow at, or grow by 0.5%. How's this going to help create jobs and money paid back to the IMF? How much do we owe the IMF, uh, Davi? Not, not that much, really. Yeah. And that's something good about the INC. And that is that they not borrow that much abroad. Most of the debt right, I referred to earlier is owed to South Africans. South African pension funds, South African banks, South African universities and stuff like that. Uh, there is some foreign loans that we have. But the reserves at the South African Reserve Bank is more than sufficient to pay that off. That is gradually changing, but for now, that is not a major issue. Typically, what would happen with an emerging economy like South Africa, what happened recently with Zambia, as an example, they need to pay off dollar loans, and they did not have enough dollars. That's not our problem. We have enough dollars to pay off our dollar loans. But what is happening, our RAND loans are increasing at an alarming rate. 
Davi Root, Chief Economist at Efficient Group, thank you so much for succinctly giving us uh, the lowdown and breaking down the issues around the uh, economy, the politics around it, and of course what we can expect from Minister Kodongwani on Wednesday. Thank you very much.